Hello, friends, and welcome to World Build With Us, the podcast where we create fantastical worlds with help from you, our listeners. My name is Courtney Staples, and with me is Daniel Quinn, as well as our guest, Johnny Law. And on today's episode, we're going to be finishing this prompt from Patron Kaiser by reconciling the twist and introducing factions, sort of, and building out a main questline. But given that this is part two of a two-part series, I do recommend that you listen to the first one if you haven't already. Otherwise, you're probably going to be pretty lost when we start talking about robot propaganda films and occult super soldiers. But before we get into that, I want to remind you that if you'd like us to build your world, you can go to worldbuildwithus.com where you can fill out a form to submit a prompt. And within a reasonable amount of time, we'll be building your world. If you'd like to connect with us on social media, we do have a YouTube channel where you can smash those like buttons and subscribe and all that. We're also on Twitter at Let's World Build. Or if you'd like to chat with us more directly about, for example, how little we know about diesel engines, you can join our Discord server through the link in the description and on our site. If you're feeling particularly generous and would like to support the podcast with your hard-earned dollars like Kaiser's been doing, you can go to our Patreon at patreon.com slash worldbuildwithus. As a patron, you'll get extra goodies like bonus clips that don't make it into the final cuts, patron-exclusive episodes called the Aphid Lounge, two-part world-building series for your prompts, access to a patron-only Discord channel, and more. So go check out our Patreon page if any of that sounds interesting. And with all of that out of the way, let's get back into this Earth of a Thousand Engines. Uh, At the end of last episode, we rolled a twist, which was cults are involved. So, Daniel, could you kick us off here with your reconciliation of that twist? So... I mean, I wouldn't call my thoughts on it a reconciliation so much as an explanation in the sense that, uh, and granted, this is, uh, if someone has a better idea, I'm all for it. The sense that when we talked about movie studios potentially being important, um, I thought perhaps these cults really are the movie studios um, with their propagandistic intent, whether Mm -hmm. the intent is good or bad. So, you know, in in a way, when you think of like uh, influencers of any kind throughout history, they tend to be this insular group that is very cultish in their behavior. So I could see various movie studios who have an agenda to maybe serve a larger entity like the government, you mm-hmm. know, being cult-like in their behavior. So I guess I took it somewhat metaphorically. Okay. Yeah, I mean, that certainly makes sense. I could see, like, you know, some very extreme uh, movie studios coming out of this. <laughs> yeah. And, um, in addition to the maybe more benign, typical ones that you might see. Mm-hmm. I'd be curious to see what everyone's what everyone's studio will be because I bet that will start yeah. reinforcing the notion of a cult, you know. Yes, yeah, I, I'm sure. Um, so, John, what about you? How did you deal with this twist that cults are involved? I'm sorry, I wasn't paying attention at all. I've been reading about diesel engines for the past. <laughs> few minutes. Uh, <laughs> I, I would like to open up with an acknowledgement, though, and we'll lead into my cult. Uh, okay. I did make an error last one, and I did at somewhere in the middle of the episode, I did say something about diesel engines producing steam, which they do not. Mm-hmm. It is completely combustion. They do have exhaust. Um, and diesel can be used to feed steam engines, but diesel engines themselves do not produce steam. It's not it's not how the it's not how the, the power it's not where the force comes from. It's from mm-hmm. the, the combustion, which I did say earlier. Anywho, I'm just the type of person I like to acknowledge my own ignorance and then learn from it. That being said, in my studying, 
I <laughs> thought of the idea of what if our uh, so the, the deco bots are the US ones, right? That's the super soldiers, or or did we go with these bones for them? I don't know if we ever gave the the US ones specific names because like yeah, I'm not sure if we landed on the super soldiers on the US side are purely robotic or if they're like a, a cyborg, like augmented mm -hmm. human. We did say that they're augmented human. Yeah. yeah, yeah. They learn from the mis not their quote unquote mistake of allowing these, the deco bots. So the deco bots are the ones that are, are sentient robots in the uh, European and North African and Western Asian areas. Yeah. That makes sense because they're the ones that are artistic and the whole yes. term is art, art deco plus, you know. Yes. Yeah. And then the these Borgs are the American super soldiers. Um, just so I can say the joke that there is one platoon of them called these nuts and they're just psychopaths. <laughs> of course. Yeah. yeah. It's low hanging fruit, but I will take it and devour it. That being said, I will say the deco bots, there is a, um, a cult of them that have created biodiesel to fuel themselves. Mm -hmm. And they're kind of like, they're, they're not the, the friendly artistic ones. They're kind of bloodthirsty because they, they are running out of sources of biodiesel there. So they are actually feeding on the super soldiers that uh, Japan and the United States send to battle in this area. Oh, so it's like, there's like an evil cult. Once again, gotta get back to that dark horror aspect yeah. uh, that was in the prompt, but there's this, there is an, a, a darker side to these sentient robots. And maybe they, they came as a counter to the, uh, the hippy dippy artsy ones. I wonder if like they were, exposed to something different at the start when they gain that sentience or or if it's the biodiesel itself that's like messing with them they got a taste for it yeah and they're just yeah like, yeah it feels like we had that that, that the biodiesel is that creepy stuff that the nazis uncovered right that's been used so uh, yeah maybe that unlocked it because uh -huh. like we said that they, that's that's like the the blood of either the like um, covenant some, style yeah, or, yeah, or like the atlantean or it's some yeah because it seems like it's tainted each faction in some way yeah so that makes sense so maybe it, it unlocked that and then they they discovered and they had to start creating it themselves, uh, you know, inorganically. Well, not inorganically, but, you know, I mean, they had to manufacture it. Mm -hmm. Does that mean that that particular um, movie studio is just full of like coked out biodiesel drunk um, decobots? Uh, I see. I don't know if that's actually if they're part of the movie studio. I think they're like a like a guerrilla faction that exists outside of the studios. Because I have another thought for this movie studio that I want to champion, or actually studios, or two rival studios. Mm -hmm. But we'll get to that, yeah? Yeah, I could uh, I could see them being too busy for the creation of this meaningless art that others make. Although, maybe they're making like YOLO slash prank videos. <laughs> or like, watch me eat these 12 humans. Like, <laughs> like and subscribe. <laughs> oh, sorry, like and subscribe. There, yeah, that's yeah. that's much better. That's bad, yeah. <laughs> um, so I've got to say that I went in a much much different direction with my reconciliation than both of you did. Uh, so last time we established that the Nazis are gone, wiped out, no longer in the picture for whatever reason, and we also established that there is this extremely powerful new diesel technology that's being worked on in the robot land of. Euro Asia Africa, I guess, which would be <laughs> which would be powerful enough to launch spaceships. 
Um, so naturally, I'm thinking that a sect of occultist Nazis had escaped using a predecessor technology and have in fact established a Nazi moon base on which, yes. they, <laughs> on which they are carrying out horrific experiments as, as Nazis tend to do. That's perfect. <laughs> so little did the, the Decobots realize their dream of going to the moon is full of Nazis. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking, that if they do manage to get up there, um, it might not be as as peaceful a mission as they expected. And I like how you did skirt around my saying that, like, Nazis are wiped from the Earth mm-hmm. by putting them on the moon. So well yeah. done. technically, well done. they're not on the Earth anymore. That's right. <laughs> Slow clap for you, Courtney. <laughs> and I think all these these reconciliations align, you know, like, on the one hand, we know the movie studios have an underlying cultishness to them. We know that every faction has been tainted by this biodiesel crap and there's Nazis on the moon. Yeah, it, it all makes sense. Just another day on this beautiful blue dot. <laughs> so yes, uh, moon Nazis. And on that note, uh, last time for our factions, we decided that we would instead make movie studios and maybe come up with a, a film or two that they've worked on since so much of this world revolves around propaganda films and the like. Uh, So, John, could you go into your faction or factions, I guess, sounds like? Yeah. Uh, So, yeah, there are two rival studios, one in the United States and one in Japan. And what they do is they um, basically make a form of snuff films (laughs) um, where they are, uh, it's to highlight their super soldiers. And to to make the other the opposing super soldiers look weak. So in the the case of Japan, they kind of take a, a hint from our uh, modern day Korean movie makers and doing the Squid Game kind of setup, where they they take a prisoner of war of a super soldier from like the the D's nuts, and they put them under the, like these crazy games and whatnot, and like make them do insane different uh, you know challenges and whatnot. But ultimately, they're going to get killed. And they, they make a movie around that and show that to their populace to kind of say, like, you know, look how more powerful and, and how better our uh, occultist super soldiers are. Whereas in the United States, it's it's more of a uh, like kind of like speed run thing where they, they just they like show the American Deesborgs going through and just wasting as many people as they can. Because uh, uh, yeah, America, we got to do it bigger and better. So that's yeah. that's it's it's more focused on mass casualties, whereas the uh, the propaganda films from Japan are more focused on showing the weakness of of the the singular American. Nice. So it's it's kind of like reality, yeah, documentary sort of thing. Yeah, definitely reality. Being, and but they're like they're shown in theaters, like they're they're presented as films. Yeah, you know, yeah. in the sense, but and they do make these, and like I don't know if they actually, like, I doubt they film them on location. I, I bet they're still on sets, but they try to make it look like they're in, you know, Tunisia or they're mm-hmm. in Luxembourg or you know whatever the remains of that, um, and then pass that off to you know to because the, the populaces of both these nations don't actually know what's going on over there. Yeah, that's true. Like, meanwhile, the robots are creating these, like, recreating the world and having their own renaissance. But then they're like, no, it's it's a hellscape. It's a fucking hellscape. This is what happens. And this is how we're controlling it. Mm-hmm. And that parallels the classic uh, use of, of film during that actual period. So that, I think that's perfect. Yeah. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I like that a lot. I could even see, like, um, like, obviously the constructed sets, but I could also see 
both sides, or especially, I guess, the Japanese side with their reality show type of thing, like basically just taking landmarks from from other continents and like bringing them over and using those as sets. Kind of in a parallel to how totally. the Nazis just like took a shit ton of art from all over the place and imported yep. it. No, I, I like that a lot. You know, they, there's like literally like the top of the Eiffel Tower that they just <laughs> yeah. put in like the background. Like, yep. <laughs> they impale someone on it. Like, you know, <laughs> oh, wow. ChatGPT tells me that a number of films um, during the World Wars played a propagandistic role and were very important as early as 1916. Mm-hmm. Um, such films as The Battle of the Somme, is how you say it, so I mean, um, the Kaiser, the Beast of Berlin. Oh, look at that. This was much later in 1942. Casablanca, the advance of the tanks in 1917, um, which were all meant to, I guess, glorify war. Lovely. Yes, yes. Uh, um, do you envision any, like, sort of audience participation in either of these film setups? Uh, I think they would definitely like Rocky Horror style, like boo at certain parts mm. and then like, you know, throw like mustard seeds to represent the mustard gas that the uh, American soldier is being suppressed by. And yeah, I think there's definitely like they have special late night showings and like maybe they even like it's special like opening nights. Maybe they actually like bring out a, a POW or something uh, and yeah. like let everyone stab them or something. Oh, like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, really just dehumanize them. Yeah. No, it totally makes sense. I like it. It's, I mean, it's horrible, but it makes sense. Um, I would like to now read a quick section from Sigmund Newman's uh, (laughs) Permanent Revolution, The Total State in a World at War, regarding public opinion and propaganda. Let me get my my bourbon and a cozy blanket. (laughs) Yes, I shall try to do this all in one breath, as was suggested by my friend DQ. (laughs) Equality is best stabilized in the tabla rasa, the point of illiteracy, and stratified society cannot be handled it easily. It traditionally have to be destroyed. In this respect, the USSR in the unique position. Her people have begun to have... Oh, fuck, I can't do this. All right. <laughs> it's a valiant effort. How to try hard to My face got hot. <laughs> it was it was the, um, the military nature of it that just sickened your core. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> internal revulsion mm-hmm. <laughs> oh thank you for that that attempted reading <laughs> I, might, I might try again later yeah yeah like something especially dry and controversial mm. i'll keep looking yeah <laughs> so daniel what about you what's your film studio looking like so I thought, um, since some documentaries were just kind of, you know, they weren't as common, but they were a thing too. I was thinking that this there is a film studio that consists of a coalition of guerrilla um, uh, artists somewhere in the war-torn um, Euro-Africasia, like you said, region. <laughs> um, and they are working on a documentary of uh, based on found footage that was discovered when the, um, the, the weapon, the biodiesel weapon was originally uncovered. Mm-hmm. And so they are trying to tour um, the world to find evidence and film footage to piece together this mystery and to expose the underlying actors who um, are perpetrating the war forever. 
And so mm-hmm. I imagine this being conducted in part by some of the, you know, um, art deco bots, but also possibly by humans who are suffering through the war. Mm-hmm. So it's like a coalition movie studio that's very indie. I like it. I can also see that becoming kind of like a found footage horror movie. Yeah. Depending on like which way you want to go with it. Cause we did talk about how there's like the, the weird occult stuff and like the blood mm-hmm. of Atlanteans or something. Yes. Cause I imagine like they're putting this together, but perhaps the way it's discovered is, you know, the filmmakers are murdered. Right. And so mm-hmm. the watching of the film is after it's, it's incomplete, you know, they're, they got yeah. close to the Nazi moon revelation <laughs> right and um perhaps perhaps the rival factions in japan and america they also have their own reasons for stopping this film from being made and so though the watching of it in itself is the horror okay yeah that's that's cool i like that are they like basically anti-war propaganda yes yeah okay yeah it's definitely anti-war it's like the saint Clair witch files and like yeah. yes <laughs> I could also like, depending on who gets their hands on the footage, I could see mm-hmm. it becoming some like weird false flag reverse propaganda thing. Oh yeah. Like if if one of the Warhawk sides gets a hold of it, then they could mm-hmm. like edit it to show, oh, this is like proof of why we need to do this actually. Right. It's so dangerous out there and, and so on. I mean, it, it would be interesting if the existence of this footage, say you're putting together an adventure or a story, mm-hmm. you could, instead of making the story center on the weapon and all the dark secrets of the war, you can have it center on this footage and who possesses it. Because however, the, the way in which this footage is revealed to the public is the real weapon, like mm-hmm. you're saying. So it could be used to advance the propagandistic you know, goals of either state actor, or it could be something that the people look to as like the truth that sets them free. Mm-hmm. interesting yeah yeah i know we're not at the main quest yet but i could see this group being the ones that we follow mm-hmm. during mm-hmm. that and like depending on how if it's run as an rpg or if it's written out like depending on how the choices go that these people make like that results in any number of endings exactly and yeah. that could also yeah, like you said they could unite the the multiple factions too like you could mm-hmm. have you know, both a Decobot and a bloodthirsty Decobot and a <laughs> Japanese super soldier and American super soldier, but they all find this one thing that kind of says the truth and like how they are. Yeah. yeah. Well, that would be neat because then you could have like rival people that are working together. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. and then they have to kind of like fight all the groups that are going to try and stop them. Yeah. Maybe they're protecting a filmmaker, like a really, a really, uh, what do you call it? Um, Namby Pamby Petite Decobot. <laughs> who is not made to harm anyone and they have to protect him him or her and get them. Oh fuck, it's an escort quest. Jesus. <laughs> yeah. Everybody loves this. Yeah, it moves the it has, just has to have movement that is slower than running but faster than yes. walking. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and stops to talk a lot. So all the time. Like anytime there's a landmark, they got to yeah. stop and look at it. <laughs> no, that is very cool though. And like even the fact that this group is traveling all over the world to find stuff like sets up for an interesting like globetrotting adventure quest but also with those like horror elements and escape and running away from the things that are pursuing you and then plus with a nazi space laser clock countdown you know you gotta gotta yeah who knows what they're doing up there and i mean basically anything (laughs) 
so yeah, I'm glad that neither of you went necessarily with the peaceful artsy robots because um, I I decided to focus on those for my studio. Um, you can have those pussies. <laughs> so my idea stems from um this film one of my favorites called koyana Scotsi, which is a experimental documentary that's um it's just music and and film footage there's no narration no plot no dialogue and you can probably find it online to watch it's it's great um it's all about footage of the earth and how humans have impacted the earth and i feel like that would be something that these robots would be interested in based on what we talked about last time how they're they're very peaceful and existential and really don't understand why people are fighting and so on so i am picturing a a group of robots over in the europe asia africa area that have been wandering around taking footage of all of the devastation that's been caused, but also showing that regrowth is possible from that. So maybe they're they're starting to clean uh, the rubble and plant new trees and flowers and showing those kind of taking root and coming up through the soil and showing how things can slowly improve over time to to prove to the world like, it doesn't have to stay like this forever. There's there's room for change. There's room for growth. Uh, we don't need to keep blowing each other up. Please, let's just have a peaceful time and, and watch the sunsets for a while. That's really pretty. I'd love to see it, but I can't figure out how to fucking spell it. So uh, you want to help out there a little bit? I'm like, Clay Anna Scotsy? What? It is. It's uh, not part of that, yeah. Yeah, I can. I'll, I'll leave the name in the description too but it's uh koyana scotsi is k-o-y-a-a-n-i-s-q-a-t-s-i you got that <laughs> why oh here, I, I mean i it as soon as i did k-o-y it just popped up oh, okay right koyana scotsi that's exactly yeah. how i thought it was i thought it was three words this whole time oh, oh, no. <laughs> um so i love the idea of them like replanning and, and the growth and whatnot mm-hmm. and i would like to add that um i don't know if you can hear this they add it. It's an eight-bit version of Vivaldi's Four Seasons. Oh yeah, is what it's too. Like they found the the music, you know, yeah. the, the actual oh temperature or the, the yeah. So, but yeah, I I I just like the idea that they they make this this film and it has a an eight-bit version of the Four Seasons by Vivaldi in the background. Yeah, I could see that, or like even like the flowers blooming. Yeah, like following along with the actual Four Seasons. Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. 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 Showing, showing that there is, you know, a death and a return to mm-hmm. life, and, and like maybe, ooh, maybe it could even be watched as a cycle, like it starts oh. and ends. It, it all flows together. It's just a YouTube short, is what you're telling me. <laughs> yes. Exactly. Yes. Did I miss this, or is there, is there a connection in their film to the dream of the Moon Project? Um, I didn't have that in there necessarily, but I could mm. see that working. Like maybe it starts slash ends with a shot of the moon oh and like their goal to go to it yeah but yeah maybe it unlocks the moon project because after this you know gains traction and there becomes like this love of it and becomes like mm-hmm. they're kind of um part of their not national but their cultural identity maybe the next stop is well, let's let's get a better view of things <laughs> and, yeah 
That's what yeah. I was thinking too. Because I remember we talked, well, I always I talked last time about could they believe they could create peace if everyone could see the world from above. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. I like that you said unlock the uh the moon mission as if it's like a civ game and we're unlocking a, a <laughs> yeah. tech tree, a culture tree or something. <laughs> the tech tree. Yeah. It's the cultural tech tree. If you want to win a culture, it's not the blue jeans and, and rock and roll music, but it's uh it's yeah, getting to the moon to see the world as it truly is. Is that lonely, precious, fragile blue dot? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There was, I can't remember who was, I mean, I, I think it's like Buzz Aldrin that brought it or It might not have been him, it was some other astronaut, but saying that like they think there should be a rule that to be a world leader, you have to go out into space. Oh, yeah, I've, I've heard that. Yeah, to just see, like, it's like they should, should grab them all by the scruffs of their necks and, and bring them into space and be like, look how fucking dumb you are for, you know, fighting over stupid shit. Yeah, yeah, and there's like the the classic Carl Sagan pale blue dot mm, yeah. thing too, which is great. Maybe it was Sagan actually that said that, but no, he's not. I don't think he ever went to space. No, he did not. No, I think he might have done high altitude, weightless. But uh, why didn't they let him go to space? What the hell? <laughs> my tax dollars doing? Uh, <laughs> he did die fairly young, so there's that. Uh, that's true. Yeah, I guess it was a it was a, a whole point where we weren't really doing the race was over we're like yeah Yeah. the flag's on there we won (laughs) that's all we need Uh, but yeah that was my that was my studio um i'm picturing them as like i mean they're robots so i feel like they kind of all communicate well and work well together Mm -hmm. see it as a very collaborative process whatever group is doing this and probably even like picking up people as they travel along making this movie Oh, it'd be cool if it's like a, a movie that never ends. Like it just mm. keeps getting added on to and it keeps oh, evolving. It keeps getting yeah. edited. And like, mm-hmm. you know, it's kind of like a place on uh, that thing that Reddit does where it's like the weird like oh, yeah, yeah. board mm-hmm. drawing. Yeah. I'd actually thought about doing something like that with my um, capstone from grad school, which was a mm-hmm. basically long music video about climate change, but it was just music and footage and mm-hmm had thought about going back and like adding to it every so often or changing the footage as more stuff happens on the earth. <laughs> we fucked ourselves more and more. We just, <laughs> as we just ruin everything. No, but I haven't, uh, haven't actually done that yet. Maybe sometime. Might be a lot of work. Yeah. And it also it sounds like lead to some heavy depression on that. Note. Just like, <laughs> yeah. Oh man, it just keeps getting yeah. worse. Like how many times do you want to put Trump's face in it? Like, you know, no. <laughs> rub his face in it like a dog. Yeah. Uh, uh, uh. Nope, nope. <laughs> bad con man <laughs> but yeah um do you guys want to move on to coming up with the main quest line i i wonder if um if we should like revisit and make sure we have all our ducks in a row yeah i know we would do that we did that sort of last time but um because i'm trying to think well is there a, a particular antagonist that's emerged from this we have a number of antagonists, Ooh. but I mean, mm-hmm. is there a central one? Um, and just so we remember all the things that we have on the page, like, because we know, we know we have in the grand scheme of things, two main factions that are, three main factions that are competing against. We've got America, Japan, um, remnants of this Nazi cult, right? That has mm-hmm. established itself on the moon. <laughs> <laughs> um, we know that they left the artifacts they were searching for during the war were in part recovered by either faction, right? As well as mm-hmm. by these um, biodieseled up bots that are in Europe that are yeah. not the peace-loving ones, but a separate faction, it seems. Kill all humans. 
Yeah. So they're the ones that are a little extreme. And we know that there's these movie studios operating, two of them operating to keep the wars going in Japan and America, right? By featuring super soldiers. We know we've got this message of peace being perpetrated by the European robots or the Euro-Asian African robots. Um, And we know we have a guerrilla studio that's trying to make a documentary based on what happened with the biodiesel weapon, right? Mm -hmm. And this weapon is made from a civilization that in the past um, was destroyed, might be Atlantean, but it's like special fuel that makes the diesel engine even more powerful, right? And it can be used to make this this rocket that will go to the Nazi moon. (laughs) So is that that's where we have so far? Is that correct? Yeah. I do also want to mention that in Kaiser's original prompt, mm-hmm. he did kind of emphasize the dark slash horror military aspect and yes. said that the setting has to be heavily focused on the military. So I think it'd be good to go in that direction too. Yeah. So I, I have some thoughts on that. Mm-hmm. Um, I would like to say that I think that the setting does take place in Eurasia, Africa, or Eurasia. Was that what we called it? <laughs> Something um, like that, yeah. That general area is like, you know, that's that's your world map. And that the I think that the both the, the Japanese and the United States, like the two rival film studios, they actually do work together mm. in the sense to like both just to keep the score going. War, it's, it's, right. it's profitable for both of them. They exactly. can't destroy each other. Right. But it, they they paint it like, you know, it's like a like a rivalry like you would have with like football teams or uh, sports mm-hmm. ball, as someone mentioned in the Aphid Lounge. But so, yeah, you have them as like, you know, they're, they're, they're the bad guys. But I feel like I feel like going back to having the uh, the space Nazis be the, you know, the, the BBGs and they're somehow pulling some strings up above. Um, I don't know how yet, but since they exist, I feel like that should be the final boss. It raises questions too about well, so like if this the invention of this particular kind of new diesel engine that uses a special rarefied oil um, will give rise to this rocket that can go to the moon. How did the Nazis get on the moon in the first place? That's the other question. Well, they might have already had it, so they already used. They create. That was my thought. That yeah. like they had this technology, it probably hadn't been tested very much, and they might have only had like one rocket or something. Oh, like, like there's they... Taylor there. Hmm? Hitler there? Are you <laughs> saying Hitler's there, Courtney? He used the rocket to escape. Oh my god. Do we have a space Hitler now? <laughs> I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off, but that just seemed where you were going. Let me let you continue. I'm sorry. No, no, I, I was just gonna say that uh I could see them like using this as a last ditch effort to escape when yeah. they were almost being slaughtered and um So Hitler. <laughs> yeah, he killed his doppelganger, killed himself huh? in his bunker. And yeah. uh the new new Hitler, who is now Cronenberg Hitler, because he's starting yeah. to take the blood himself. Cronenberg, yes. oh my God. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Cronenberg. Okay, okay, that's perfect. And okay, so then I think okay, I think the way to get Kaiser's uh, requirement that this be a military science fiction is really what he's asking for at the end of the day. Like, mm-hmm. um, is in the quest because it means the quest has to be military for the perspective of the military. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I mean, I think like so the the quest itself is that. They're trying to gather these these videos to like the anti-war propaganda, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Right. So obviously the two studios themselves are very much against this. So they're sending in the super soldiers to stop mm-hmm. our heroes. Okay. But but our heroes can also be ex-members of these super soldier groups that have now yeah. been enlightened or mm-hmm. you know, that or some kind of robot. I feel like the murderous robots need to stay as an enemy. Mm-hmm. To, all things biological. 
Well, okay, yeah. so we can roll with this. So maybe um, two platoons that were deployed in classic, um, you know, war game style. Like they're there. There's no real threat, so they're kind of deploying these super soldiers just to make a yeah. show and keep the war going. They get deployed against each other in the middle of Eurasia, Africa, right? Yeah. And they are in fact captured by the crazy robots and are going to be tortured and murdered. However, the um, the good robots that are there set them free because okay. they're part of the guerrilla film studio. Right. Yeah. And then they all kind of form a party, realizing kind of the ambitions of each faction and yes. they start to work against them. Yes. So, yeah, mm-hmm. they're, they're like, you know, basically the, the most of the platoon is wiped out and it's left with, you know, yeah. one or two people per side, you know, depending on what the, mm-hmm. what the players want to play as, obviously. But they're, yeah, they're forced to kind of work together, sort of thing. And then, and then you have like that rogue and paladin, you know, hanging out together and like, <laughs> oh, yeah, their attention, but right. we're, we're a party. So we yeah, are, we all we're all here to do the same thing, and they mm-hmm. get enlightened that that they're actually they're the pawns in all this. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Does anyone know about the Nazis, or is this is that the last reveal? I think that might be like the last, yeah. or like they might start finding moon. clues about it yeah. on mm-hmm. Earth, and then realize like, oh fuck, did they actually escape? Yeah, because like I could see um, Courtney's filmmaker who's trying to make this super film, right? And then there's also my robot filmmakers who are piecing together bits. Like maybe the Courtney filmmaker is searching for that final shot of the rocket, mm. but they, they don't know where that rocket is because it's been, it's been activated in the past by Hitler. Mm-hmm. So, so it's a question. So I feel like maybe that would, they could work together because the found footage people know how to get there. Okay. And they keep yeah. finding a trail of lederhosen. That like, <laughs> Wait a second. <laughs> These are fresh. <laughs> So Daniel, you're saying that it's um, your guerrilla faction that finds these two, like troops of soldiers. Maybe because I, mean, I feel like if they're if they're fighting each other and they get like kind of waylaid by the crazy bots, I don't know what they are. Um, <laughs> I'm pretty sure those bots are probably just want to dismember them in various yeah, ways. Yeah. And so perhaps the other people in the area, maybe maybe it doesn't have to be the good robots, but other like factions who are not aligned to the military, like break them free from there mm-hmm. yeah maybe they need them for some other reason and they turn out that you know by saving them it all just helps at the same time i don't know i think so so yeah. i actually have a very clear-cut vision of this like mm-hmm. the the murder bots are like kind of the, the orcs of the world <laughs> where they just you just know they're evil like you know they're whatever and then like you know you have also new platoons of super soldiers from either side coming in so there that's going to be a problem and obviously they're going to try to rescue their own guys but they want to kill the opposite one and they Mm -hmm. have no qualms with killing the robots and then beyond all that you have the nazi like you know puppet masters doing whatever like maybe they're shooting stuff back down from the moon Mm. or like you know like somehow they're influencing moon deposits moon deposits (laughs) i like that yeah that they're doing something like maybe they're Maybe they were the ones who sent the biodiesel down in the first place to corrupt some group of mm. robots. Oh, that's very cultish. Yeah. Can we make this a one shot? This sounds awesome. It does. It does. <laughs> I don't like running historical fiction, so no. Well, just, just pretend it's just make a new. It's fine. Uh, yeah. As long as it doesn't have to be a world war and I can change everything about it. Okay. <laughs> Diesel engines can create steam. Yeah, yes. as long as they can be clockwork engines. <laughs> lodestone not diesel so there you go does, does mm-hmm. lodestones produce yeah they can use lodestones that's fine um i could see like deserters um 
having created their own like little settlements in the mostly destroyed mm. Eurasia Africa. Um, and that's probably who would like swoop in and save the people who are being slaughtered by the the murder bots, which I feel like that as an opening scene to an RPG would be very intense if you start off like as a a mixed kind of group of prisoners of these robots who are like you see your your compatriots being dragged away and like screaming and having their blood drained for fuel or something and you're like waiting your turn and then there's like a an explosion or gunfire and humans that maybe even you recognize swoop in and and save you and haul you out um and from there the the actual quest starts maybe there are humans that have fallen in love with with uh decobots (laughs) they're like metallicies what do we call them scandalous I'm gonna come up with a good word for this. So I'll give you a second. <laughs> take your time. Take your time. <laughs> Add the word. Um, what's the opposite of phobe? It's uh, philic. Add philic to it. Yeah. yeah. Robophile. <laughs> Decophiles. Decophiles. Sounds horrible. We we keep moving on. I'll I'll, yeah. I'll, 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 I'll back burner that. I'll table that. For yeah. A yeah. Huh. Um. Yeah. So then that could be like your first session is kind of escaping that and then next mm-hmm. you could be introduced to these different people and learn about how they're all more or less getting along now and the robots are all happy and artsy and yeah you start finding clues about something or your guerrilla uh documentary filmmakers come in and are sharing what they've learned so far and sort of invite you to come along with them or maybe just offer to go along with them so what I'm hearing is that the villain is Hiller. <laughs> I I think that's true of most things, yes. That's like the surprise <laughs> villain at the end. Yeah. Oh, and he's got like mutations and stuff, like you said, Cronenberg-esque. Yeah, he should totally be like fucked oh, up. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Major he's he's like oily. Like part of the moon. Multiple heads. He's been like bathing in the the occult blood stuff, whatever it is. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. And then he'd have like it could be like a multi-stage boss fight. Or it's like, like, you have yet to see my final form. <laughs> and he like drinks the blood. And like, that's like that's like the crap Hitler that I rendered earlier. I was, you know? I was thinking about that. It could be a robot yeah. Hitler. He could robot be part Hitler. robot. He could have been injured and they mm-hmm. they removed most of his body and replaced it with robotics. Boiled them together again. Yeah. Wow. I knew I was drawing crap Hitler for a reason. <laughs> my destiny. It's the Abraham Lincoln Hitler from Rick and Morty. Adolf Ham Linkler. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Such a, that show had some great ideas. I mean, fuck, you know, Justin Roiland, but oh, the yeah. show was good. It was mostly Dan Harmon, from what I understand. He's okay, I think, so far. Everyone's horrible. Just get used to it. Yeah. <laughs> I think there was some controversy with Dan Harmon, but he, like, actually legitimately apologized and, like, oh, okay. made cool. amends, as far as there I remember. Go. I could be wrong. You're googling Dan Harmon now. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, I'm just listening to Vivaldi's Four Seasons 8 bit again. Oh, this is really cool. Uh, um, so, yes, uh, Hitler slash robot Hitler is mm-hmm. the final boss. So, I think, like, as progression with like bosses and like through the story, like, I think the first issue would be the, the leader of the uh, bloodthirsty Decobots or the, the whatever, the, the new faction. Mm-hmm. And then, like, you could have, like, different generals or, like, generals or commanders from the, the 
either super soldier factions. Yeah. Um, you can have the world itself too be like, you know, there's still parts in ruin. So mm-hmm. maybe, and like, and whatever, like the uh, fallout of the occult stuff that has been going on there or the spillage of the blood, like maybe it's affected animals and stuff like that. You know, just kind of add to that horror vibe. Yeah. Yeah. Like the last time we did talk about the ocean is fucked up yeah. because of the occult slash diesel pollution and could see like, yeah, weird, unpredictable things happening as you get closer to water sources. And maybe they have to actually like cross over to different, like, you know, maybe yeah. you start off in, you know, somewhere in Europe, but then you got to cross like the Black Sea or the Mediterranean Sea, like, you know, like, yeah. to get to Africa, because that's where the rocket was. And then the last act would be they get the rocket, they go and you're like, oh, but wait, there's more. Mm-hmm. As you as you land your rocket, you see, you know, the swastika burned into the dark side of the moon. <laughs> oh, my gosh. And the towering Cronin Hitler. I love it. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. I like that inclusion of the environmental horror. Mm-hmm. Like it makes me think back to, it's been a long time since I've mentioned this book, but um, Roadside Picnic by uh, the Strugatsky brothers, mm. which then I think inspired the um, soccer games and basically the stories that aliens had landed at certain parts of the earth and then just like left, but like left a bunch of their shit behind. Then the zones where they left their stuff behind is all super weird and there are these like hazards that people learn about as they go in that can just like instantly kill you or do terrible things to you so i could see it being like that where there are all these very bizarre unearthly hazards that they have to cross and contend with and relying on like the the other people that you've chatted with or are traveling with for this knowledge to to get by safely so I actually had a cool thought going off what you're saying is that so say if this all started in like Europe and we'll say like Central Eastern Europe, like, you know, Balkan states or something like that. And they had to actually make their way to Antarctica because that's where the rocket was fired. from. Uh, yeah. So you could go down through uh, Africa or you could go down through like China and like Indonesia and like to Australia or you could go across like through Africa, like past Mali to like South America to get closer. Like, but at one point you're going to have to cross oceans, which there are going to be different problems. And maybe yeah. the problems get more so the closer you get to Antarctica. So like if you stand mostly land-based to go to Africa, you now have this huge swath of ocean to, you know, the Atlantic and Indian Ocean where they meet mm-hmm. to Antarctica. I do actually have a map up right now because I don't know geography that well. <laughs> I Me neither. I don't want to be yelled at again um, for... <laughs> giving wrong information but no i i like i really like i i I do see this this and like you know each place could have different effects of war different horrors of war left beyond it and Mm. you could also be picking up these different pieces of film or or footage um that show the truth and kind of would be like your breadcrumbs and whatnot and then uh you know and then obviously lederhosen oh yeah of course yeah yeah (laughs) no i I like that idea a lot that you can like start in a relatively central spot and then choose a path based on the information that you learn and what you think is safest party composition yeah yeah and like could also see it being a very survival oriented rpg where you have to like you can't just you know stop in a town and buy a bunch of supplies you're gonna have to be like scavenging a lot as you go and that could also be you know tied into the the military aspect of you're scavenging through ravaged battlefields and like 
mass graves and stuff. Yeah. And like what whatever, like, you know, oases that could still exist possibly, mm-hmm. and like, you know, South Africa or like South America or Australia maybe is, is mostly untouched or like, you know, they could have those different kind of pockets. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's um a lot of RPGs don't all they don't all have this, but if we're looking at it from an RPG's perspective, it lets your world map really drive the action, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and then you can zoom in on particular scenes you want to run, but I think it's see that easily working out. Yeah. I'm thinking back now to the uh, interview that we had with Justin Alexander about his book, So You Want to Be a Game Master, and how he talked about, um, I think for some campaign, he had like a a map basically set up and kind of photos taped together that he could point to. And I could picture something like that working for this game where you have a map that's visible to everybody that they can like literally like put pins and and string on to show where they're going and where they want to avoid and um, keep track of where they found things or where they've heard that there's dangers or what have you. And if it was to be played within the soon to be released TTRPG called OSR Plus, <laughs> that is Advanced Old School Revival, <laughs> you could have scene checks to show the traveling distance, um, which I will be releasing a video in due time about scene checks and putting mm-hmm. them on 5e. But, oh, oh, interesting. <laughs> oh. Yeah, no, I think it could be a really really cool campaign to play out like literally traveling across the world and i could see like the party and the gm collaborating on you know what happened to certain areas that are totally fleshed out like we know that the u.s and japan are intact and afro asia europe are just kind of fucked but like we don't know specifics really and then of course there's south america australia indonesia i like eurasia by the way, first of all, what did they call it in 19? Is it 1984? Was it Eurasia? Oh, as uh, Oceania. Oceania. Oh, yeah, Oceania. Yeah. It was a crossword clue the other day. It was a bunch of them. There was Oceania and what was the other ones? Um, There's East Asia. Eurasia and yeah, East Asia. You're right. Yeah. yeah. And the disputed territories. I also think it'd be another route you could go is you could go through what is now Russia because um, it's mostly going to probably be like, it's going to be harsher environmentally, mm-hmm. but like not, it's not going to be that many people there besides like the Japanese uh, oil farmers mm-hmm. and then cross the Bering Strait and then go down the wasted West coast of the United Ooh. States, which is like, a you know, yeah. once again, like it'd be like a way to avoid patrols, so to speak. Cause it's all deadland to get to the, the, I, I feel like South America is like the golden land. Like it's the one yeah. place that was unaffected by any war and is actually thriving right now. Also place the Nazis like to hide in. Yes. I, there you go, Argentina. <laughs> yeah. There you go. That's fine clues there. Yeah. No, yeah, I, I do like that because it's like longer by land, but it would mm-hmm. ultimately get you closer to Antarctica. And it's less sea travel. Yeah. Yeah. Less risk there. Man, this is fucking cool. It is. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> it's totally not what Kaiser wanted, but I want to play this now. <laughs> I'm the Kaiser now. <laughs> I'm on a roll. <sighs> um, yeah, yeah, this is a really interesting setting and definitely not where I expected it to go, but I love how it turned out. Um, anything else you guys want to add? Nope, just that you, if you look for the episode with Crab Hitler, you can see what our Cronenberg <laughs> Hitler looks like. I'll, I'll try to find a link to that. Soon. Yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> I just cursed Courtney to search 200 episodes for this link. <laughs> and And on that note, I, I do think that's a good place for us to stop. Um, 
Kaiser, thank you for sending this in. I, I know it's probably not what you wanted, but we hope you, uh, we hope you liked it nonetheless. And thank you to John as well for joining us for this one. Hope you had a good time with us. Hell yeah, fuck yeah. <laughs> I'll do this all the time. This is fun. Nice. Uh, could you remind our listeners where they can find you and your content? Oh, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, you can find me at Johnny Law on YouTube, and that's J-O-N-N-I-E-L-A-W. Do not confuse me with any other Johnny Laws because I, well, I don't need to go into it, but you can see why. Uh, and I promise I will start making more content as the holidays pass. But anyway, that's where I'm at. Yeah. Awesome. And uh, remember that if you'd like us to build your world, you can visit worldbuildwithus.com to submit a prompt. And within a reasonable amount of time, we'll be building your world. If you want to check out our YouTube channel, we're at worldbuildwithus on there. You can follow, like, subscribe, etc. cetera. Uh, you can also find us on Twitter at Let's World Build. Or if you'd like to chat with us directly and meet other listeners and see what everybody else thinks about this ridiculous setting, you can join our Discord server with a link for that in the description. And of course, if you're feeling particularly generous like Kaiser, you can donate to us on Patreon at patreon.com slash worldbuildwithus. Uh, you get a bunch of benefits like a patron-only Discord channel, patron-exclusive episodes, clips of things that get cut, and so on. And a big thank you to all of our patrons for your ongoing support. And that's going to do it for this episode of World Build With Us. Remember that we love you very much, and we're going to get through this together. Until next week. Bye.